Today's show is brought to you by Manscaped.com. See the podcast description for a special money-off code. Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody and welcome back to a new episode of the Spurs News Podcast. It is the 1st of December, it's a Wednesday as we record this, we're a day early. I am Sam, joining me, and we'll explain why we're a day early in a minute, because there's a very good reason, it's my partner in crime, it's Matt! Hi mate, you alright? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Um, We are a day early, and I think as reasons go, yours is the best reason ever for it being a day early. Yeah, I managed to change my shift so I could go to the football tomorrow, yeah. Yes. I don't know what I don't know why I'm going though because they're so shit at the moment. I, honestly, I'm on the verge of giving up my season ticket because, like you know, we're we're so shit, aren't we? You know. <laughs> <laughs> See, I um I, I quite like watching Brentford play, so I'm yeah, that would, possibly. Um... Yeah, I'll go for that reason. I'll go just to see like Ivor Tony and like you know some of their players, but I'm not expecting anything from my club, so. <laughs> this is going to be a long show. I, I, I can sense this. Um, I've um, I did this week. Last week, me and you just went on a bit of a ramble. Now, typically, I have like a few bullet points written down. Like, okay, these are the subjects we'll cover this week. Last week, it was just we went down a rabbit hole, and I threw that out the window. <laughs> Which, yeah, yeah. I had quite a good laugh doing that. Um, it was quite. Yeah, quite funny. We just naturally ended up talking all sorts of random nonsense. Yeah, yeah. But um, this week, one of the things that was on last week's, which I never did, but this week I think you'd probably find quite funny and a few other people quite funny, is I'm going to address some of the frequently asked questions I get via email. Okay. Um, I, I want to start by saying everyone who emails me, and it is bar one twat and you know who you are but everyone who emails me genuinely is very funny and get the humor of the show and generally emails in stuff along the lines of hey guys you know made me laugh and then sort of come up with ideas and a lot of stuff i get is sort of hey have you ever thought about doing this oh that's a good idea yeah thanks and note that one yeah <laughs> And and then I never credit them. <laughs> but, uh, um, so frequently asked questions, and this is genuine, genuinely questions that we've got a lot from emails. Okay, the first one: What do you reckon is the most frequently asked question? And keep in mind, I was on a conference call for five hours um, two weeks ago when I did this. Cool, mate. Five hours on a conference call so I spent the vast majority of that time going through my emails and putting together what questions get asked the most (laughs) I don't waste my minutes mate Um, so what do you reckon if you think about any question that we could get asked on this show and the funniest thing is is the top two involve someone who has featured on this show maybe twice right go on go on the top question we get asked in email is is Laura single? Oh, God. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old followed Laura. By, Poor followed old Laura. by, followed by, does she really have an OnlyFans account? <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm glad I'm glad that Laura can take it in the good spirits that it's meant in. Hey, hey, careful with that one. We were talking about her OnlyFans. Yeah, she can. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, um, 
Yeah, yeah, she does. She's got a great sense of humor. Yeah. But yeah, so the frequently asked questions. By the way, the OnlyFans account only beat out Are You Married to Laura by two. Oh, fuck it. So, so there's a lot of people out there who have a, there's a crossover. They think not only am I married to that poor girl, which you wouldn't wish that on anyone, <laughs> but they generally think that my wife has an OnlyFans that I am promoting. <laughs> but the thing is, what people don't realize is that with OnlyFans, that are like, you know, not, I sound like I'm saying this from, from, a, from a point of view of a lot of knowledge. Yeah. Which I haven't got, but yeah. you can have an OnlyFans account for all kinds of interests, you know. So, you really? know, for you know, Laura, Laura could be doing it showing her, showing everyone her toes. Yeah. Ooh, no, no. There's gonna no. be people that love that. Yeah. See, you, you took it there. You had to go there. See, I was, I was thinking, well, you're right. She could have an OnlyFans account to, to distribute her art because she's a fantastic artist, and that's not me taking the piss. Oh, they, she no, really she's is. actually really good. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, so let's go through these FAQs. Now, uh, the top two then, so is Laura single? No, she's not. She's very, very happy we've got. He's an Aston Villa fan, though, so I don't know if it's going to last. Well, you know, they're doing all right mm. at the moment, aren't they? You know, with, yeah. with Gerard at the helm. If only, if, only we had, if only we had a manager like Gerard, you know? Sickener, isn't it? You know, but they're, they're lucky to have Gerard, aren't they? So. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, this whole show, the whole show. Yes. All right. Okay, fine. All right. Okay. No, it's cool. All right. We're, we're, we're moving on. Uh, so yeah, Laura Single. No, she's not. No, she she is very happy with a villain. Um, uh, does she really have an OnlyFans? I'm not going to answer that. No, she doesn't. <laughs> it, it is a running joke. Um, she she said I was 50 recently. She deserves it. Yeah, that um, was a bit harsh. So yeah, you, mate. Now, now the rest of these are in no particular order because I just kept writing them down when I spotted them and I saw there were. I was asked multiple times. So, are me and Laura married? No. <laughs> is Laura my ex? Which I thought was also quite funny because of the amount of OnlyFans jokes I make, but no. <laughs> yeah. It's your um, sweet revenge. You'd like, ever since you yeah, got divorced, no. you're like, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do a podcast and ridicule her yeah. at every opportunity. Yeah. But I like the idea that she's my ex and like, yeah, we run the Spurs page together. What? Yeah. We couldn't separate it in the, in the divorce? It's really you know? awkward. You got, yeah. Yeah. She got Instagram and I got Facebook. <laughs> Um, but no no she is not um god yeah um i think people just got it in their head that i take the piss so much there must be some sort of relationship um the next one which always cracks me up how old is dan (laughs) he's been on here i don't know a total of maybe five times and every time he speaks people are like wow you got like a work experience kid like 12 year old coming on um how old is he actually He's in his twenties. Yeah, he's in his um, early twenties, isn't he? Always, I don't, yeah, I don't know actually. He's got to be pushing towards mid twenties. He's got to be. I, I think, um, I think he hit puberty recently. So <laughs> yeah, um, are you actually going to meet up with him tomorrow? By we, he's, I, he's going to the game. I am going to meet up with him. Yeah, I'm really looking hey, forward to it. Actually, great. really looking forward to yeah, it. Um, um, but you know what? I've, I've met Dan before, and you, have, you know yeah. we, we we mock him for it for his youthful sounding voice, but he's a buff fella. You know, he's a, a he's a proper buff, buff geezer. You know, buff, buff geezer. <laughs> the guy's the guy's a walking brick shit. Out. He really is. He's, genuinely, he's, he's one of those, one of those people that uh, because he is soft spoken, he's got that voice. I love that. I love that. It's like those Polynesian bouncers from New Zealand that are like <laughs> six foot eight wide and eight foot tall. And then you go up to him thinking, oh my God, this guy's going to be menacing as hell. And he's like, hey, how do, my friend? Welcome to the nightclub. Are you going to come in tonight? Not your lucky night, my friend. You're wearing trainers. Time to go home. There you go. And you're just like, I don't know whether to argue with you. 
You look like a mountain, but you speak like a beautiful poet. There you go. So, I don't get it. So, so if there's ever an opportunity for, uh, for, for, for Dan, not you know, if Dan wants to change his, because I know he's, yeah. he's he's doing very very well in his his chosen yeah, career. He is, yeah. But if he decides one day, do you know what? Fuck this. I just want to do something yeah. completely and utterly different. Then yeah, yeah, this is a this is a career path definitely. for him. Yeah, and I've just mapped out for him, so I there should be on commission. Um, the, the next question is, is Stefan really in the Amazon documentary? His voice is, and it's a really sore subject, so no, go away. And it's so, such a short sentence that I wouldn't even... Exactly, yeah. Even yeah no, one, no one even recognises yeah. it. Um, <clears throat> to be honest, I'm not even sure it's him. So, uh, do you record in a studio? Is asked quite a lot. No, we don't. Um, we record from different locations, because we live different sides of the country. So, I record in the home base or spare room as it's also known Matt records in his home and then we edit it together afterwards Thanks it's very clever the way we do it though, yeah so it's very clever it's the way very, we do it very, yeah. it sounds like we're just in a yeah. I mean we know we're talking over each other now but normally yeah. it sounds like we're yeah, just sitting no, in the yeah. sofa next to each other doesn't it you know it does yeah yeah, yeah. science people this science. is science <laughs> yeah science the crap out of it um, the other question we get asked quite a lot is how old are me and you um, I'm 38. I turned 39 in January. Matt is for. Oh, do you know what? I am. I'm getting to the point now in my life where I'm yeah. very much well and truly middle aged. I mean, <laughs> I don't think you can. Look, th- th- here we go. Look. So I was driving driving to school this morning. And yeah. we was talking about, a, 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 oh, you know, not a, a, obviously it's a subject that's in the news at the moment, COVID. So we was talking <laughs> about the, yeah. the fact that they now want us to have our, our third jabs. And I said, to be honest with you, mate, I said, even if I didn't have my jabs, I said, and, and, and I caught COVID, I'd probably be all right. And he went, yeah, he said, you're not old, old, are you? So I'm like, <laughs> right, so I'm just old then, right? <laughs> that's where I am oh, now. Man. I'm not in the yeah, old, right, old category. Sam, keep digging the hole you're making here, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're not old, old. I'm not old, old. Yeah. It's it's honestly that's yeah. it set me up for the day. That is, that really has set me up for the uh, day. You are you are not old, old. I, <laughs> I think from kids his age, that's actually a pretty big compliment. I mean, my, yeah, my daughter's I'll thirteen, and it's just straight up savage now. She yeah. saw me the other day, and I I got a bit of a because of Movember. Um, I, I don't grow a moustache because basically I look like a sort of guy that should be on a list when I've got just a moustache. Mm. But I, I so I grow my beard in from November. I always do it, um, I, and I look like the friggin' wild man of Borneo by the end of November. I'm, I'm the sort of hairy git that if he doesn't shave in the morning by the evening, he looks like Vester, you know, cousin <laughs> it. Um, so <laughs> she sees me and she just looks at me and she goes. <laughs> Oh dear, the amount of grey in that now is not good, is it? I'm like, whoa, whoa, what? Nice to see you as well, you little sh-. Yeah, so the, the, apparently the grey to black ratio in my beard is now oh, shifting. Mate, it's not good. No, it's, it's only going to get. It's only gonna, the ratio is only going to go one way, mate. I'm afraid. Yeah, with my daughter being a teenager, I think that's what did it. it I was, you know, I was fine. She turned thirteen, and all of a sudden, yeah, they sprouted. Yeah, not a truth. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, there's a couple more here. Um, one is, and we kind of discussed it before. Is like, why do you both support Tottenham? Uh, we go back to episode one. We've discussed that episode um, one. That's going back a long way, isn't it? That is going back yeah. a long way. We're on like one five three wow. today, I wow. think. Um, and the other, the other one we get asked quite a lot is, can I be on the show? And I've kind of, <laughs> I've always said yeah. I was like, yeah, sure. If if you want to be, I'll we'll do something. But no one ever replies. I know. Still, they all. What's, what's the saying? All so and so, not yeah. trousers. How's that go? Yeah, yeah. It's, all it's talk no like, trousers. Is that the saying? 
Yeah, it's kind of like, I think it's like, oh, that could be fun. Or like people send the message in like in the moment and then when I reply saying, yeah, all right. And they're like, oh, actually, I don't know. <laughs> you're, you're a pair of piss taking git. <laughs> I, I, might, I, might, I might give it a mess. Well, do, um, do you know what? I, I, I think, I mean, we've had, I know not obviously recently, but you go back and we have had guests, haven't we, from different podcasts yeah, beyond. And, yeah. I, and I like it. I like mixing it up a little bit. And um, yeah. you, know, you know what? I'd love to get on and, I don't. I know you're kind of probably thinking it's more of a contentious uh, uh, way of doing things, but okay. I think we need to get on an Arsenal fan. We really do, just for the sheer fun Sorry. of it. You know. Sorry, mate. I, the 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 line sort of crackled <laughs> there. The, the technology let us down. I feel it sounded because it sounded like you said you want to get a gooner on. Oh, the show. we should do. It just honestly, that would be a fantastic episode. Oh, I would love I, it. I, Absolutely I, love it. I, I mean, my, I, I have a friend, as you know, and me and her have a bet every year and we basically destroy each other through basically forfeits um, who finishes higher in the league. I mean, she, she basically had like 20 years of giving me crap all through school, all through when I started my work life. I'd have to like wear an Arsenal shirt in on football shirt day and stuff like that because I'd lose the frigging bet every year. Hmm. But the last few years, sweet, sweet revenge. Including, by the way, me forcing her. She got married uh, just after the football season ended. And obviously, when a lady gets married, she wants to change her Facebook profile to her in her wedding dress because she looked beautiful. Well, the forfeit was she had to spend a month with it as her in her Tottenham shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just got married. I was like, I don't care. That's so mean, Sam. That is honestly... <laughs> that's, that's a reflection of your of you, mate, that, you know... It, <laughs> is, is, there's a dark side, a dark people. Side. You know, I, I'm not all sweetness and light. Uh, you know, I, I gotta admit, there is a dark side. Uh, but yeah, so um, I mean, we could. I mean, I could ask. No, I don't know. She'd annoy me by saying things. But, but, but we, we, we're, we're such a laughing stock at the moment. She could just spend the hour just laughing at us, couldn't she? Like, I mean, that. that okay, there yeah. you go. There you go. <laughs> Mate, I don't know what it is, but it's like this week you're not as positive. No, as I know. Are. I just, do you know what it is? I think that I obviously get ridiculed for ridiculed for being positive. So let's just go with the flow. Like you know, you just look on the social media. We're just we're appalling. We're shit. Let's like I need to join. Mm. I need to join with everyone else's mental, um, everyone else's yeah. kind of attitude towards Spurs. Oh, you, know? you, you were feeling left out. So yeah. So I look on. I looked on. Um, I looked on Facebook, and obviously, like you know, there's comments about us being the laughing stock of the Premier League, the laughing mm. stock of Europe. Uh, how shit we are! How only yeah. it's so spur, it's so Spursy that like you know we we could eat, like we'd, even if the game hadn't been we could have even lost that game even if it'd been called off that would be a typical Spursy thing because it only, only happens I, to us. So I so yeah, so I'm going with it. I'm going with it. I, I'm not gonna you know it's all appalling. I, I genuinely I, I would be so relieved if we don't get relegated this season. Like that's that's my goal. Please don't get relegated because we are so shit. Please please don't um, get relegated. I, I did laugh that um, someone tweeted, oh my God, after what happened in Europe, all I wanted to do was see us bounce back and now even the snow's beating us. There you go, see, there you go, Spursy, so Spursy, isn't it, so you know? Spursy. So Spursy, beaten by the weather. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> only, only happens to us, doesn't it, mate? No, only. Yeah, no, no, no other football club no, have ever had a bad no, result no. in history. Only us. Um, <clears throat> speaking of um, nightmare results in Europe, um, obviously... <laughs> let's just call it what it was it was a terrible it was dreadful night. I'm glad <laughs> Ter- I missed terrible, it to be honest I was just working a terrible night um, you know it, it just just bad and the, the funny thing is or, or the thing that sort of makes me chuckle it's not so much the reaction I, I think an initial 
anger shocked reaction is pretty acceptable in that circumstance i think i think genuinely you're allowed that initial reaction for sure what kind of shocked me in, in the kind of aftermath is the sheer amount of uh embarrassment uh you know should just delete the club should should fall <laughs> this is this is the worst thing to happen in the history of football and, and i'm kind of like looking at that it's almost like everybody who supports tottenham forgets the fa cup exists and forgets that every single season, some part-time team with an electrician up front and a plumber in goal who looks like he literally ate his way through an entire banquet before Tate coming onto the pitch, beats a team of professionals. And it happens every year. Like every year. Football was a mental game where it's 11 v 11. And just on one crazy ass night. It can go against you. Sure. If you're not mentally switched on. Or the other team just a ram full of adrenaline. Or horse tranquilizer. I don't know. But it just. There's no. It just happens. And that's kind of why most of us like football. Because it's mad. That shouldn't happen. Mm. You know, like In rugby. Like the other game that I love. It doesn't really happen. In rugby over 80 minutes the team this professional will win just because of the fitness and physicality but in football like i said uh, on any given day you know a sparky up front will score and become a local newspaper legend for a week do you know what i mean mm. it's just that's what football is and on thursday night in europe we fell victim to that sort of thing um do we need to address us in Europe? I think so. I think there's some serious stuff needs to be addressed about us in Europe. And one of the things, um, I saw someone tweet this, and, and I, I I don't think, you know, like when you see someone tweet something or say something, you're like, wow, yeah, that that's basically my faults have been articulated really well by somebody else. Yeah, someone's cleverer <laughs> so, than me. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to say that, but yeah. <laughs> Fine, someone is, you know, I'm, they're smart, I'm less smart. <laughs> um, but yeah, what what the tweet said was, we appear to have a group of players here who believe that the Europa Conference League is beneath them and they are too good to be in it. However, rather than winning the competition to prove they're too good to be in it, they just don't bother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, yes, man, yes, that is exactly what is on my mind, but I was failing to articulate. There are different types of people and different types of mentality. And I'm not saying this is the whole squad, but clearly of the team that took the field the other night that was the general and you know you're watching it you can't escape it you know you know like uh you watch some of these players and they're playing against man city or anything like that and the passing is sharp you know they're on it they're they're reflect you know everything they're because they're up for that game they are motivated and you can tell that game but then you watch those same players play against a team like this in europe the passes are under hit you know they're not even putting the effort in do you, do you see what I mean? It's like movements non-existent. Do you, do you put it down to though? Because obviously, um, with, with the fact that I think there was two two players that started the Premier League game that, that started yeah. that game, do you put it down to the fact that these are start these are players that just aren't playing with each other uh, week on week? Because there, there is an argument, isn't there, that you know, like a team like Man City, for example. Yeah. I mean, I know it's going to an extreme. That's like a really like, but I know you mentioned them for you know the way they play. Mm. They're used to playing with each other. They know, they yeah. know where the other player's going to like. You know, they, it's it's all very sharp. They're they're all very confident where they're going to be. I think, I think it's a, I think it's a case of there's going to take some time for us to get a squad ethic back. I think 
um, under Jose, that you know, under Pochettino, it was a close knit squad. And what would happen was, if a player got injured or was suspended, the person who came in trained every day in that role. Do you know what I mean? And like mm. played every day in that role. They'd like swap around in training, mix and match the teams, so they all know. Like, do you remember when like Vertonghen got that bad injury and Kevin Wimmer came in, and we were all like, "Oh man, this is going to be a nightmare." He was fantastic. Like, I know he then drifted. Like the following season, he never hit that level again but he was great and then Yang came back in it was seamless and and that was the kind of thing that Pochettino was trying to build where if if you lost a player and everyone just slotted in and the system the machine kept working if you like they were all cogs and you know one came out a new one came on and everything just carried on you watch Man City to a lesser extent Liverpool actually Liverpool seem there is a big drop off in Liverpool if they're missing one or two players but with Man City um, Chelsea at the moment, which you know hurts me terribly. But I looked at their lineup the other day in Europe, and then their lineup against Man United, and I was like, they're missing this player, this player, this player, this player. But the machine just keeps rolling, you know. It just like the, these players are coming in and out of the side, and with us, it would appear that there has been a divide created, almost like a you know, okay, these are tier one, these are tier two, and the people in tier two just seem to have lost everything like their their focus their drive their ambition they just seem to be at the club training picking up their paychecks which which i don't think any of them are doing deliberate if that means i don't think any of them are just like oh this is cushy this is great mm. i think they're all like thinking that they're there but it's just something has happened the mentality wise that it just doesn't seem to be uh the same togetherness and the same kind of cohesion in the squad and i think it's going to take conti a bit of time and a bit of work to to re-establish that and I think it's definitely going to take some changes you know some people coming in so you increase the kind of competition actually for the first 11 because at the moment you know you look at our squad on paper for example I think me and you would look at it and anyone would look at the names and think wow that's, that's a great squad but actually based on the performances just this season even you go well this is the first 11 but who's challenging it you know yeah, it's it's interesting because um, you know obviously we're in the, the third tier of the uh, of, of the European competitions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a bit like it's just a Europa League light, isn't it? Uh, so it is, so yeah. it's very similar to how we how we were before when we was in the Europa League, where you know we'd make wholesale changes. <clears> but you, you kind of think that it 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 would be a good thing because then you could see see how. Um, you know the, the players that can't get in because that's the thing. You like Le- Leicester got away with it uh, when they won the league when they had no injuries throughout the whole season, but yeah, it doesn't it did, happen yeah. in in normal situations. So you're going to have to have a, a big squad and and these play these players that can't get into the first eleven for the big games are going to have to have are going to have to play games. You know, so on paper it seems like it's a really good way of of, of um, you know keeping them sharp, but it, unfortunately it, it it does appear that. It, that they they just I mean I know you mentioned that, that Chelsea and 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 to like you say to a lesser extent Liverpool can mm. chop and change and that cog still still goes but I think when you I mean okay so there was nine changes so all right there were still two players from the, from the Leeds game but I, I don't mm. you know it really is it's a completely different t- team isn't it yeah it is completely yeah, it different is. first eleven you know yeah. and like when 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 they I can't. I genuinely, I can't. I can't remember, and I don't know if you can correct me. I can't remember where we've done that 
either in, I mean obviously we had a few years in the Champions and League got a good result. yeah and played well and thought Jesus yeah. why, why is this this should be the 11 that starts the next Premier League game yeah. I know it's, 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 been all, it's been always been disjoint it always the, the, the second 11 always looked disjointed and I, and I know yeah. look, don't get me wrong I, I, I've, I'm coming from somewhere where I've got absolutely no knowledge of what happens on the training field so I don't know what happens during the week but hmm. like what, what, why why is it why do they play, why do they play so badly like what, why is this yeah. like there's, there's no coercion between the squad and I, um... It's, it's, it's bizarre. A, a theory, or, or a couple of theories, is they're trying too hard to impress as individuals. It, it sounds sort of silly, but um, I watched Winks play for the first time in ages, and in the first half, he was giving the ball away. Now, for all the criticism people lay at Harry Winks, I think one of the things no one could ever say is Winks gives the ball away. <laughs> the mm. guy uses the ball well, passes it backwards rather than giving the ball away. That's That's his whole game. So to watch a first half of football where he's misplaced passes and he's given it away three or four times, I'm like, wow, this, you know, uh, that's indefensible for him, really. You know, yeah, I know other parts of his game have not been up to it recently, but this part is like the basic. This is the foundation. But in the second half, he was great. He, he was popping the ball and his movement, like constantly moving so he was available, really helped us out. And that was the game, I think it was against Leeds, and we, we obviously, second half, we won the game. Now, I think an element could be that these players are thinking, this is my shot. I I have to impress. I have to show the boss that I'm worthy of you know, being in the Premier League on Sunday. And because of that, it's just not clicking. And also you've got an element of this second string, if you like. Uh, you know, the new signings, like, you know, Brian Gill, still learning the language, still fitting in, still acclimatising. Um, you know, kid who's grown up and played in Spain his entire life is now in minus two temperatures in Slovenia on a Thursday night. Um, you know, uh, our, our new right back, Emerson Royal, probably the same thing. Um, so, yeah, it, I don't know. It's hard to put a finger on, but Conte afterwards was kind of very clear. Um, he didn't throw anyone under the bus, which really pleased me. That's, that's something that Jose did that I really didn't like. I've never liked but he was very clear of where the levels are and how he feels it's not there. I think the key thing now is what happens next because I think we as fans now basically expect us to drift through the season until next summer and then hope that the club's going to back Conte enough that we can make the changes that next season's good. Conte seems to be demanding that happens in January. Do you see any world where that happens? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, and that's you the know. thing. It is a real unknown because if you like listen to the way Daniel Levy spoke in that statement around the financial impact, you'd think, okay, well, that sounds like they are now saying it's time for us to focus purely on the development of the squad and the players and, and doing something. The noises that came out by a journalist was that the club are with Conte ready to absolutely back him because he said you want to win stuff you do this and with his CV they're like okay <laughs> all right you know we'd be stupid to hire you and then not do it um but it's kind of like that experience thing and it? it's kind of like you know head in your heart your, your head's like telling you all this stuff your heart's saying yeah you know we've got Conte is going to do this and then your head goes but remember 20 years of Enoch they don't do that especially in January <laughs> mm. So I don't know. It's weird. I, I, 
you kind of think that there's got to be a couple of players in our squad who need to leave for their own sake. Um, Delhi, Delhi, Winks, a few. It just, just I think that they have to. Um, if if they want to keep careers and progress and get something back, it's clear it needs to be elsewhere. Um, and you need to replace them though, you know, because Delhi. If you had an on fire playing like he used to Delhi in your squad, you'd never sell him in a you know a thousand years. That guy's a fantastic option and great to have in the squad. So you do need to replace him. You need to replace him with a player who's going to push that first eleven because at the moment Delhi isn't. No one in that first eleven feels threatened by Delhi at the moment. And the problem as well with him is he's a homegrown player, isn't he? So you sell he him, is, you lose yeah. a homegrown player, and it's expensive and to get a new one. Yeah, you're exactly <laughs> right, and that's where the issue is because every top six club in in the Premier League are looking to sign homegrown, talented players because they know if the, well, I'll tell you a club that isn't is Chelsea. Jeez, sure you know they fielded nine English players for a game the other day. Wow. Chelsea. Wow. Remember, they were the original foreign legion. Remember, they were like they were the first English Premier League team from memory to field and the whole eleven without an English player. Then they had Terry, and that was it. They had an English player all the time, but that was it. And then Lampard, and that was it. And now they fielded nine I, in a game. Yeah, which, uh, it, it aggravates me because it's Chelsea, and it, well, I'll tell you what more aggravates me about it. They got punished with a transfer ban, and this ended up being the best thing that's ever happened to that club. Yeah, completely. You, you uh, even you alluded to that though, Sam. I remember you saying that yeah. that was going to. But you, you look at, um, I mean, you, you look at the last England game. Uh, and normally, I mean, you, under under Venables and. Uh, you know, re- even recent, fairly recently, there's always normally be, be about three or four Spurs players in that in that yeah. first eleven. Yeah. I hate to say it, but there was a lot of Arsenal uh, players in that first eleven, yeah. and it never normally yeah. is. You know, no, so no, 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 we're, we're, I mean, they... we're falling behind when it comes to uh, having English players in, in a squad. You know, massively, massively falling behind. I mean, it was something that Pochettino really cared about. He talked about it at Southampton, and he talked about it at Tottenham, which is if you are managing in a country like England, it is your responsibility to develop English players. You know, to bring through players. Um, Southampton under him had a, had a great side that was purely, you know, a backbone was English. I mean, I think at one point with Tottenham, we had six players in the England side. Wow. Uh, for, for like, uh, Walker, Rose, Dyer, Delhi, Kane, and Winks. Um, and then, and now you've got, I mean, Skip's in the under 21s. Uh, Winks, Delhi, Dyer are non gratis. They're nowhere no near interested. it, are they? Yeah. Um, and I tell you what, though, I, I do. I do think Dyer is closer than a lot of people would give him credit for. Um, I, I think in a three, he's looking really good. Um, and I think under Conte, that could well continue. Um, it'd be interesting. But, but yeah, anyway, so I, I kind of wanted to touch on that European night because I didn't want to overly focus on it because I don't. it's done, it's, it's in the past, and we've now got to get a result against Rennes, which, you know, is what it is. But... I, I just kind of wanted to touch on it because I read that tweet and I was like, yeah, that really articulated. I, I can't get my head around, like, if you're a professional player and you're playing against the team from there, you have to have that element about you or the ability about you to go, I don't care if you're part-time, I don't care if this, you're on the same pitch as me, I'm going to beat you. Then after I've beat you, I'm going to swap shirts with you and let you take pictures because this is a big deal for you, but I'm going to beat you. 
do, do you see what I mean? And it's like, they, they don't have that. It's like they kind of walked onto the pitch and were like, huh, got this, boys, this would be easy. Yeah, the arrogance. <laughs> did you, obviously, because yeah. I, so I missed the game, did you think that uh, Sessegnon's red card was fair? I mean, I'm only asking because I didn't see it, but yeah. it was, um, yeah. T- t- yeah, no, two, two yellows, both yellow cards. The one thing I would say, though, and I, I, I wonder if anyone else picked up on it, because I didn't see a lot of discussion on it. The referee was handing cards out like it was Christmas. Really? Genuinely was, yeah. You put a challenge, but to be fair, both the Sessegnon ones, you'd say, yeah, they're both yellows. Yeah, that's fine. And based on the way he was refereeing the game, you know, that was fine. But in the second half, two players for them, both booked, did yellow card challenges and he didn't didn't send them off. Wow. Now, there's two aspects of this which annoys me. One, that probably means at halftime someone said to him, Jesus, calm down with the cards, otherwise we're going to end up with no one left on the pitch. <laughs> which basically means he refereed the two halves differently, mm. if you see what I mean. Mm. So that's annoying. But secondly, the thing that annoyed me is not one Tottenham player got in his face about it. Now, I know people don't like that aspect of the game, and I appreciate that, but we're down to 10 men. A guy who's been booked does something which is a clear booking based on this referee. I mean, and it was, you know, literally took someone off the ball. And not one Tottenham player went over to say, "Excuse me, sir, you sent one of ours off. What's going on?" That probably, do you, you know, know, that probably alludes to what you're saying about the, the, the general attitude of them. Then, yeah. you know, it's probably part and parcel of that. It all comes as one package, isn't it? You know that yeah. there's the arrogance on there. There's the just they're not they're not the desire to want to win at uh, all, almost to win just, at all costs. Yeah, just, you know, just not just not being competitive, like not mm. being up for it mm. at all. Uh, you know, if you are fired up and you see that, you you your reaction, you know, you're visceral. You are. Ah, you know, yeah. he just took our player out. Why is he still on the pitch? And the thing is, is the referee might not have sent that guy off, but the next one he would have. Mm. You know, the next one he'd know. Oh no, this has happened again. He's got to go because otherwise I'm going to have Harry Kane and all that lot surrounding me again. I can't have that. Yeah, sure. But but they didn't. They mm. did nothing. And I and like I said, I know there's an aspect of the game that not a lot of people like, and I, and I appreciate that. And when I see players swearing like lunatics at referee, I don't like that. I don't like it. And that's why I said it in the way I said it. You don't need to do it. You, you just walk up and go, ref, what's going on? <laughs> you know, you sent one of ours off. This guy's on a booking, and come on, first half, that's a red card. What's going on? See, Referee's probably going to say, no, 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 go away, go away, but it is going to get in his head. See, that's the thing. I mean, you come, as, as you've t- told us quite a few times on the podcast, you're, you know, you come from a rugby background and you played yeah. football, and you've, you've got that competitiveness about you. Even if you're not playing um, rugby now, you, you've got that understanding of, of, yeah. com- of the competitiveness you need to, to yeah. want to succeed, and you almost feel like. As professional football players, that should just be that should be a given, really, shouldn't it? Yeah, it is, and and it is a strange thing because I think I think the other thing that you see a lot in fans and frustration, I think, is a lot of people would love to have that life. You, do you know what I mean? You sort of look at it and you go, "I love football. I was never good enough to get to the level you're at, but I I would trade, you know, the job I'm doing now." for your job you know i would love to go to wake up every day and go to hotspur way eat breakfast with a team you know like fellow athletes go and be coached by one of the best coaches in the world in the best training facilities in the world to work and that's my work my job is to go and play football and to train to be better at football yeah so for a lot of fans it's like 
what are you doing with this? You know, this, you like, and, and don't get me wrong, I think a lot of players sometimes can get to a point where almost they forget, you know, not, not in a deliberate, not in an arrogant way, but just their whole lives. They've come through an academy, they've made it, they've not actually experienced that away from the game. It's why I think sometimes you see these players who sort of, uh, you know, explode. A bit like Jamie Vardy, to a certain extent. Jamie Vardy was a guy I don't really like as a person. But as a player, you can tell every time he scores a goal, he appreciates that moment. You know, every time he walks onto the pitch, he appreciates that moment because he literally was playing in non-league and fully thinking, I'm never going to make it. I need to start looking at apprenticeships. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Uh, and and so now he's you know one of the he'll go down as one of the top Premier League goal scorers forever. You know, he's a striker, um, and you know he's he's probably got a year, maybe two years left of playing. Uh, I mean, his pace is going, but he's still a predator. He's got a Premier League title, isn't he? He's got an FA Cup. You know, he's got the trophies too. Exactly. So it just it just. Like I said, I can't get my head around it. And that's the thing, I think, that sent fans over the top. Because if you go like away in Europe and you play well and you really put an effort in but you lose the game, I don't think a travelling fan comes away from that thinking, oh, bring her of course, you know, you lose, you're a bit grumpy. But mm. you're, you're kind of like, they did everything. You know, some sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. But, you know, I had a great trip. You know, this was good, this was good. And you sort of come away with the memory of the trip more than the game. I feel all sorts of terrible for the limited amount of fans that made their way to Slovenia in those temperatures to watch that because they probably could have gone to their local park and watched a better game of football from or more effort from guys in their 50s who are like a, a local club's third senior team who are drinking a pint you know, on the halfway line before <laughs> taking a free kick. And I, and I say yeah. that... I don't don't mean it's, you know it's not being attacking, but that's just the reality of how poor the effort was. Do you know I played a rugby match once on boxing though, okay. to lighten the mood, to lighten the mood, right? And the fly half for this team, it was a charity game, right? So the local rugby club, um, one of the sort of local legends, if you like, had passed away. So they invited players who lived locally but played for bigger teams. So this is like a local village team, and they put together a, a team. Now my older brother used to play for the local village team but had gone on to a bigger club and he's about five six years older than me and i'm 18 at the time and i was sort of pretty much semi-professional for rugby at this point um and i got and the the guy from the village rugby team rang me and said oh is, is there any chance you'd play for us and I was like, oh, guys, I, I, you know, I'm trying my best like to be polite, but basically, no. <laughs> and, and he goes, you'll be playing against your brother. And I'm like, I'm there. <laughs> I am absolutely no problem at all. Just tell me where I pick my shirt up and I'm there. But the, my overriding memory of that day, other than one of the people on my brother's team giving in the ball was an absolute hospital pass so I could murder him <laughs> deliberately, um, was that the fly half for the local village team walked out of the bar, right, stumbled, in his full rugby kit, stumbled across with the ball in his hands, threw up on the halfway line, took a deep breath, stomped the vomit into the mud, turned around over and went, we ready? Oh my God. (laughs) Now, now this is the funny thing. Like, for me, I'd I'd not played for this club or anything like that. I'd I'd gone on. Like, for me, I was fast-tracked through these teams and everything. Obviously, I was aware of the the rugby traditions locally but yeah. I understood they're like oh my god what have I done 
what am I doing? What am I doing here? But yeah, anyway, it's fun. Stupid, stupid story. Um, mate, we talked about uh, frequently asked questions as we started this thing. It is time now for us to head over to fellow Tottenham fan questions from our social media. Now it's time for your comments from our social media. Where do you want to start? Instagram or Facebook, mate? Let's go Instagram like we normally do. Instagram, Instagram, we're heading over to Instagram. Right, okay. Uh, this uh, one at some point, I really need to learn if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, would you agree that Spurs should find a way to get out of the European um, Conference League? It's worthless and distracts from Conte having time in training with players. Focus on the league and the domestic cups. What say you? Well, first of all, what say you? Wonderful. I love that use of language. <laughs> um, do I think that... Uh, Matt, do you want to go first yeah, on this one? Utterly worthless cup. Yeah, get us out of it. Because utterly worthless, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, completely and utterly worthless. What are we doing in here? <sighs> God, okay. <laughs> I can see where these questions are going to go this week. Um <laughs> Uh, I, I'm in uh, two minds on this, uh, and I, the idea that Conti would have more time with the players is a sensible thing. Having that in our mind, yeah, okay, I can completely understand that. That's 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 kind of a logical thing that he definitely needs. You can see that he is definitely improving us already, but there's work to do. You know, so you can see that, and yeah, I, I get it. But I go back to what was said, you know, five ten minutes ago, which is. If we believe this competition's beneath us and we're too good for us, then we should be winning it, not dumping ourselves out of it. it I don't see the logic in this. If at the end of this season we won the Europa Conference League, then we'd be the first club in history to win it. No, we'd, we'd, we'd be a laughing stock, Sam. We'd be a laughing stock because we won the yeah. we won the the, the lowest tiered European European Cup, wouldn't we? Everyone would be laughing at us. Okay. You'd have you'd yeah. have South End down in the National League. Struggling, they'll they'll be waking up crying with laughter in their cereal, knowing that we've we've won the like South End fans. They'll be laughing, it's going look at them, look, they've won the worst European trophy, the major European trophy. Look at them. Like, I can't I, I, honestly. I, I'm struggling to eat my Rice Krispies here because I'm just the tears of laughter. Are just honestly, I'm struggling with them. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's that's what will happen, wouldn't it, mate? Yeah. D- d- I'm, I'm trying That's a laughing yeah. stock if we want it. Uh, 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 so hopefully we've answered that question, or hopefully I've answered that question. Um, the next question is from a man who has his own theme, and I've I got to say this, this is probably going to be the last time I can play this version of your theme, and I'll explain why after I play it. Yeah, I'm curious. He's a So that is a uh, basically it's a former WWE wrestler William Regal's char- first character in the World Wrestling Federation or WWE as it is now. It was his first ever music, and I, it stuck in my brain. And when I decided to do this silly 
music for a mountain man because the mountain man needs his own theme (laughs) it stuck in my head that this exists and i went and found it now that we have a youtube channel um whenever you post the podcast to youtube it does a check for any music or anything that's been used that's possibly copyrighted and I've had five alerts now to say it's copyrighted. Oh, man. They're they're absolutely happy for us to use it, but basically means they're going to run adverts in the podcast for WWE. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, you can use it, but like halfway through listening to our podcast, someone's going to get an advert for like, hey, WrestleMania. <laughs> um. So what I thought was the Island Brother, for example, I did that. Uh, so Mountain Man, you are still going to have a theme. I'm going to have to create one for you. So it's ours. It's unique and no other buggers can run adverts in it. And then this is for two reasons. One, because I don't think the listeners to this podcast deserve a mid-roll ad in the middle of the podcast. And two, we can monetize it then. <laughs> yeah, and also free, Sam. What yeah. a great little project. Because, I mean, like it's such a... It cries out for such a fantastic theme tune, doesn't it? And yeah, it does. It does the mountain. Man. Yeah, exactly. Like there's 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 so much you can do with with that name when it comes and, to creating a the theme can, tune. Yeah, I mean, I can rip all sorts of stuff off. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll come up with something anyway. But the mountain man, he says. By how much did Conte underestimate the job at Spurs? Oh, God, see, I'm going to answer this sensibly, all right, before someone I know is going to really enjoy answering this at the moment. Um, I, I think he possibly a little bit, but not to the extent that the press are making out. I think he possibly thought there were players there that he could walk in on day one, revitalize, and he's realized, oh, okay, maybe not. I, and I don't think it's any worse than that, if mm. that makes sense. Um, but Matt, uh, what do you think? It's, it's just really odd. I mean, like, you've got this manager here, this world-class manager, and why is he coming to such an awful club? I mean, like, you'd, you'd think that, you know, let's look let's look like Stoke, for example. I mean, like, you know, th- that that would have been obviously a better option for him than someone like, like our club, you know, our laughing stock joke shit club, you know. So I, 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 I don't know what he's done. He, he, must, he must go in every day and think, what the actual fuck am I doing at this shower of shit club with this shit team? Everything about it is shit. Like, honestly, I, he, he just must go home every evening thinking, I could have picked Stoke. I could have picked them, but I've pick this shitter club for some reason it's a bit like you know what it probably feels like a little bit maybe he's just been conned into it like you know a bit like how he thought it was another maybe another london club for example like like for example like a much much better team you know like west ham for example and he's thinking oh probably i'm going there and he's got there and they've convinced him that yeah it's really west ham like you know and he's kind of taken over and that he's like hang on i'm at fucking spurs this shit shower laughing stock joke of a club how am i here you know so i don't know i don't know Uh, it's it's, it's impossible it's gonna be an impossible task for him and he'll probably be gone in a couple of months when he realizes how how shit the whole thing is so okay okay we're heading over to facebook now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is only going to get worse for anyone listening. Uh, so, Mark Ivey says, will I be alive when Spurs win the league again? No. Um, there's several There's several factors. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> there's, several, there's several factors to this. Mark, one, I don't know the state of your health. Um, I don't even know if he if lives... Look, a... Sam, even if he lives to 100, he's not going to see it. Because it's never going to yeah. happen. He might see us win like the League 2 title, League 1, when, when obviously we start getting relegated because of how bad we are. But he's never going to see us win a yeah. Premier League, is he? You know? That's well, for big well, clubs. To be, fair, to be fair, he says win the league. He doesn't oh, there you say go. Premier oh, League. Oh, there you go. So, so yeah, yeah, he'll see us win. Go. Maybe he'll see us win the, the yeah. Championship or the or League 1. Yeah. Mark, week. I'm sorry. 
Uh, but but yeah. Um, Nick Cook says Conte has been particularly discreet in his views on the squad after the shocker in Slovenia. But given the build is going to cost so much money, do you think there is a chance at all that the board will find the money to improve us? If come February first we haven't got a few new faces and some of the bad eggs moved on, I can't really see Conte. I, I can actually see Conte just walking. Yep. It worries me because Levy hasn't got a great track record of cutting his losses on bad players or convincing uh, Lewis, the owner, to spend a few quid. What are your thoughts? Um, I want to say first of all that you you worded that question brilliantly. Um, you're absolutely right in everything you're saying there, and we kind of touched on it a little a few minutes ago, which is. Everything points towards what we have to do, and it's logical, and it all makes sense, and January needs to happen in addition to next summer, but with our track record, it just doesn't feel like it'll happen. Um, I'd like to think that we're turning a corner and things will change, because I think as a club, we could make a real statement, not only to the fans and to everyone else, but to the existing squad if in January we started doing business and serious business. Um, it remains to be seen, Nick, but you're right. February 1st, when that comes around, we'll all know. We'll all know where we really are, including Conte. Um, and, let's, and let's hope that we're in a better position than we are now. Uh, Matt, would you like to contribute anything on this? Yeah, I mean, just snap back into rally, Sam, as long as I to yeah. Okay. Um, the next question is Dan Beecroft, who says, and this is Dan, Dan, the dirty old man who works on Spurs News, by the way. Uh, do you agree that big changes are needed in January? Conte can only do so much. Also, Matt, do you fancy a beer before the game on Thursday? Yes, to that question. Yeah. 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 Well, definitely a beer. Um, I'm gonna need one. I'm gonna need more than one, mate. You know, after watch that shower for the next, for the next ninety minutes. You know. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna move on. Yep. Uh, Stefan Cruz Alvarez, also known as Stefan Stefan, who is our super sub. Uh, by this point in the podcast, we have probably already heard Matt say Conti hype trained, trust Conti, Victor Moses, and Kane will score a hatful. Hey, this could be a fun drinking game. But what I really want to know is you can sign one player in January. Who is it? Be realistic. Now, weirdly, we've not heard any of those up to this point, and perhaps I've just stumbled on the reason why. <laughs> um. If you could sign one player in January, Matt, and I think I know where this is going to go. I don't know, man. <laughs> um, Are we like who can we attract? I mean, Deeney. I mean, is he still playing? Need another striker, don't we? Maybe. You know. Do you remember we, we were genuinely linked with him anyway? <laughs> um, uh, he also adds, "I love the dynamic between you and Sam. You bring the positive to Sam's grumpy bastard. Oi, I'm not a grumpy bastard. Cheeky <laughs> shit. Um." Think I'm grumpy. I mean, <laughs> it's your it's your it's your tone, isn't it? It's your Bristolian tone, sound, Sam. I sound like a grumpy bastard. Yeah, man. exactly. Grumpy. But you're not. I'm, yeah. I'm fucking delighted. Anyway, <laughs> um, Ryan Miller. Ryan Miller says. So, based on the performance in Europe, does Matt still think we should keep the players we have and improve them? Question mark. I still think there's four or five players that we need to move on. Hopefully, we do some good business in January. Ryan, you're going to get an answer to this question from Matt. I want you to just hold on. Hold on. Uh, 
Matt. Yeah, I mean, the whole squad, mate, the whole squad, the whole squad's terrible. And yeah, more than four or five, yeah, get rid of the whole lot. None of them, none of them are worth it. None of them are. Not one of them deserves their pay packet every every week. (laughs) Yep, got you. Yep, okay. Um, Tom Agarasku says, after seeing the couple that travelled 31 hours from Dallas to not watch Tottenham play Burnley, how far would you be willing to travel? Oh, Oh, no. How far would you be willing to travel to watch this current Tottenham side, Matt? I mean, even like even if I, I wouldn't even step out my front door and walk into the stadium, that's uh, less I'd like to travel to see him. <laughs> even if even if that stadium was my next door neighbour, Sam. Honestly, yeah. you know, yeah, sod I, that. I, I Fuck that, man. I, I, I hear you, mate. Yeah, t- totally. Um, Tom, for me, at, at the moment, no. Um, but that's less to do with how poor we are and more to do with... Uh, I've had COVID a few times and I don't want it again. <laughs> and I'm just going to try and stay in my little bubble for a while and let the world happen. It's a bit of a petri um, dish, Sam, to be honest with you. I just yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've, just, I've just decided, you know, you know the the mask mandate's back, which, which I'm pleased about. I, I always felt that it was a bit mad to, to abolish it whilst it was still going on, but it's what it is. Um, but I um, went to Tesco the other day and genuinely walking in there, I kind of looked around and went, you know what, I, th- I think I need a hazmat suit. This, this, <laughs> this, this is not one mask territory, but that could just be the local people that I live by. Um, one of the things, uh, Stepan Stefan's pointed this out, one of the things that was quite funny is that that couple that travelled from Dallas, um, Harry Kane spotted the tweet, or his PR team did, and said, hey, you know, be my guests at the Brentford game if you're still in the country, you know, as as kind of like a a gesture on my part and the guy replied like you know thank you very much you know that's really kind love to take you up on this um but then of course being (laughs) twitter being twitter people then went and found all of the tweets from this particular guy slamming harry kane's performances so far this season uh tagging kane in every single one of them so that could be a fun chat if they meet up yeah do do you know what though when i was when i was looking at that uh my my thought process was that uh obviously his PR team have seen that, like you said. I mean, like he, yeah. he doesn't run. Like his social media is all controlled. No, no. Obviously, I'd, I'd like to think not. Actually, the guy's busy. He's got kids. Yeah, exactly. He's got a lot going on. But yeah. that, like you know, by doing that, it hits him showing that he's the bigger man. You know, and yeah. and ignoring the abuse he gets. Because you know, I'd I'd love to I'd love to be like him. I'd love to be able to look at something someone puts on social media about me, and think mm. I'm going to be the bigger man and ignore it. I'd love to have that about me. But unfortunately, I struggle with that for some reason, yeah. you know. So, yeah. I, 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 as much as I try, <laughs> yeah, whereas I'm, Harry Kane, I'm, I'm sensing a thing. Harry Kane can yeah. Harry Kane can do the opposite of me and go. Yeah. Do you know what? This guy's taken the piss out of me. He's ridiculed me. But look, I'm going to be the bigger man here. Look and show yeah. him that. You, come, come and come, come. Let me show you around. Like you know, let me, be my guest for the day. And look, be look, 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 look who's the, the bigger man out of it. You know. Yeah, be careful with this because all I'm hearing is you inviting Stefan. To the <laughs> um, James Campbell says, "Do you think Undombele has been ruined by the money? Maybe he's lost his motivation to play because he's already won what he's always after." It's, I'll, I'll take this one first before Matt dives in because because Matt's just lining this one up. Um, uh, James, it's actually a really good question because you do see that sometimes with players that sort of arrive at a club. Uh, I think a great example could be Eden Hazard at Real Madrid that guy was lean motivated at Chelsea and in the Premier League is a far more physical league and you know the guy was getting kicked and getting up and 
you could tell, and he his his goal in light, you know, he always wanted to play for Real Madrid, and let's face it, he looks a shot. He doesn't look like he's anywhere near his fit. He doesn't look. He looks like he got there and retired. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like, yep, I'm done. I've I've served my time. I've played good football. I've been brilliant, and now I'm earning serious money living in Madrid. Um, Undombele went from uh, lower league France, earning a couple of thousand pounds a week, to Lyon, earning about twenty thousand pounds a week, to Tottenham, earning two hundred thousand pounds a week. Has that? done it possibly from from day one um he's not trained to the level that people expected him to at the club you know and i, I think you gotta to get to a point with him like, for, like so for me for example i've kept looking at him going there's such talent there if you can motivate him right clearly he's one of the best central midfielders there is but when you look at the fact that Pochettino wasn't able to do it, albeit a very short time, Jose Mourinho wasn't able, despite during a national lockdown going running with him. <laughs> um, and that was now, crazy. Uh, you know, that, was, that was so bad. Um, just so bad. Uh, Nuno wasn't, but you could possibly write that off as Nuno wasn't able to motivate anybody. Uh, but now Conte's come in, and Conte's taken one look at him and gone, nope. And this is a manager who wanted to sign him. So this is a guy who's come in, in his mind, thinking, ah, oh, this guy's going to be good. And has watched him in training or whatever and gone, nope. Uh, and and that's, that's the reality. So there's something there. Um, someone mentioned it a little bit earlier on. We don't have a good record of cutting our losses. And on this one, I think I've reached the point where he has to go and has to be January. Even if you do a deal with a club where he leaves to go on loan... He needs to find football again and needs to get back to playing so he can earn a permanent move away from us because no one's going to buy him right now. Right. He's on 200 grand a week. And the thing is, he's not motivated to leave unless he's going to earn that money because right now he's earning 200 grand a week and lounging around. So, yeah, it's frustrating, James. I think as a club as well, it hurts us as a club because I think Daniel Levy looks at it and goes, I spent a lot of money on this guy. I've paid him a lot of money and it's not worked out. And I think Daniel Levy then gets it in his brain of, well, why do I want to spend that again on anyone else? It didn't work. Um, it's like, and it's just because the scouting yeah. got it wrong. Mm, and it's part of it. Uh, but Matt, but Matt, sorry, yes, it's your turn. No, I was, was going to say, I, I can imagine with Levy as well, part of it must be that it, it will kill him to know that he's, he's, he's paid all out and he's paying 200,000 yeah. a week. And it's almost like he can't, it would be just I can't bring myself to uh, cut my losses. Do you, do you know what you I mean? Know, you yeah. know him. We all don't know him personally, but I think we know enough about him to know that that's the sort of thing that literally keeps yeah. this guy awake. Yeah, 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 sure. Like he literally wakes up at two in the morning with a hot sweat and his wife's like, what's wrong? He's like, I'm paying that son of a bitch 200 grand a week. He's like, again, every night, Daniel. <laughs> Like, you can I almost know, do the, the ching. You know, like when, I don't know if you sell anything on eBay and you get the ching when something sells. He's almost like yeah. he's probably got a reminder on his phone every time <laughs> a two hundred grand drops at chings, and he just looks at it. I can't believe he's got another two hundred grand off me. <laughs> you imagine? I, I love that idea. Do you know what? <clears throat> I I could write comedy sketches for characters. Anyone listening to this, right? Genuinely, if you know how to do animation, let me know because I think our YouTube channel could have an animated series, and I could write comedy sketches. And one of them is going to be Daniel Levy 
bedroom talk. <laughs> and it ain't filthy. It's just literally him waking up at different hours of the night and his poor wife having to go mental at him. <laughs> I don't care that he's not scoring. You know, I don't, you're like last season. I don't care how much Harry Kane's goal bonus is. Surely it's a good thing he's scoring all these goals. Oh, couldn't he just miss one penalty? No, Daniel, that's not the idea. Yeah, I, I, so yeah, anyone out there? I think this. I think this is money, people. Is I think this is money. Let me know. Um, but would you like to answer James's question, or do you feel you're happy to move on? Oh, I, I just, I, I'm like, you know, I, I'm sick of Dombele. I mean, the guy's got all the skill in the world, and and I, and I watch him live, and I just, my eyes are just like wide open. Like, I can't believe that guy just did that. But yeah. he's just lets him down himself down with such a terrible, lazy attitude. And I've said this a thousand times, but the silly things like he'll get a nick on the back of his own call. Just get on with it, mate. Stop spending the next 10 minutes acting like you've just been shot. Get on with it, you know? <laughs> like, you know, this attitude is terrible. It's a terrible attitude. And yeah. no amount of skill is going to compensate the t- your shit attitude, you know? One of my one of my mates has got two boys that are 10 and 8, and they both started playing football, you know, like club football. And he said he hadn't watched kids play football or anything like that since he was a kid playing football. And he remembers it all being like quite, you know, oh, strong challenges, a bit like Sunday League sort of stuff. And he's gone to watch his two boys. He said he, he felt embarrassed. He's watching kids aged eight years old dropping when someone breathes on them <laughs> like, to try and get their other back. And others surrounding the ref, waving imaginary cards. Oh, God, yeah. And the thing is, like, when you, there's this thing about um, women in sport. And it's a saying of, like, if she can see it, she can do it. And it's all about how young girls now are getting to see women play professional football, all these different sports. It's a great thing. But I always have that in my mind when I think about things like this. If they can see it, they can do it. Because when you see professionals on, you know, kids are like, that's what we do. That's how you play. Mm. This is how we do it. And you're right, you know, Undon Belly rolls around on the floor for a half an hour because someone, you know, accidentally brushed past him. It is a bit frustrating. Oh, Especially you've got a guy, his sort of build you're, you're kind of like come on oh, man, get you know get on with it you know you'd love to watch could you imagine Dumbele playing against him oh god it's just completely yeah. different completely different oh i miss him yeah uh, anyway the, the final question's from tom perks i hope it's perky tom because <laughs> this is this has gone off a cliff based on the oh actually matt i need you to be sensible on this because i ate the bloke at the moment and i need you to be sensible Okay, based on the, based on the fact that Harry Kane was top goal scorer and a sister in the Premier League last year, should he not have been higher than twenty third in the Ballon d'Or? How has Messi won it? Um, okay, I'm going to be as sensible as I possibly can on this as well. I have an issue with Harry Kane at the moment. Let's not go there again. But last season, he scored the most goals and. As a striker, got the most assists in arguably the toughest league in the world. In doing that, he was ranked 23rd by the Ballon d'Or committee, if you like, for players. If you look at the players who finished above him, it is a freaking joke. There's one, there's one player, Sam, that I cannot believe finished four places above him. Go on. Mason Mount. How? How? What? Yeah. What? What planet is Mason Mount for? Yeah. Four places above him. So it takes us back to this debate, okay? And it, this is something: the Ballon d'Or is awarded to a player, an individual who is rated as having a phenomenal season and being the best player 
in the world for that season. Yeah, that is the definition of it. it I don't think it says anywhere on the Ballon d'Or in a little asterisk must play for a team that won something. Mm. Because there are two different things going on in the world. And I say this all the time and I never understand it. I can't get my brain around it. Is a player and his ability being judged on that. And then there's a team and the team being judged on that. So Mason Mount finished higher than Harry Kane because Chelsea won the Champions League. That's the only reason. And he, he, don't get me wrong, very good season, did very well, contributed a lot to that. But if you compared Mason Mount to Harry Kane in the Premier League, Harry Kane got more assists, Harry Kane got more goals. What else does he need to do? Mm. What, 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 what additional thing do you want to see from Harry Kane in one of the toughest leagues in the world? I mean, Robert Lewandowski, again, I mean, that guy scored, scored and scored and phenomenal. And you think he finished third or second mm-hmm. to Messi, and Messi probably had one of it statistically his worst season, and yet he won. I, 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 I don't get it. I don't get it at all. And I, I'll say it again. And I know I've said it before, but if anyone's listening now who hasn't listened before, this is where I go to when there is this debate. Wes Brown. Wes Brown is a central defender who played as a squad player basically from Manchester United he he played a lot of games he came in and covered right back played central defence and he played for Man United at a time that really Ferdinand and Vidic and others were ahead of him and Ferdinand Vidic go down as probably a couple of the best defenders in Premier League history and rightly so very good defenders on their day but you're trying to tell me that based on the fact that West Brown won the Champions League twice, the Premier League four times, the FA Cup three times, the League Cup twice, plus a few charity shields, he's one of the best defenders in history? Yeah, it doesn't... It's a nonsense. Yeah, completely. Yeah. It's an absolute nonsense. Ledley King, far better defender than him. Head-to-head, much better defender. I could rattle off a list of defenders who are better than Vertonghen, Alderweireld, just at Tottenham, at other clubs as well. You could go through... But because he was part of a team that was ridiculously successful by the rationale that people are giving me of why Harry Kane isn't higher in the Ballon d'Or, then, well, in that case, Wes Brown. Why didn't Wes Brown win the Ballon d'Or? Exactly, yeah, with that logic, yeah. Look at that, look at that CV. That guy has basically got a trophy room gleaming of all his accomplishments. He should have the same amount as Messi, shouldn't he? The same amount of Ballon d'Ors as Messi. It's ridiculous, and yeah. and that's when people argue that with me, and they said that's where my that's where my mind goes. Which is, they we're talking about an individual award in a team sport. You you can like when a team gets relegated, you can look at that team that's been relegated. Go well, I'd sign that player because with better players around him, you can tell that player will be something special. Mm. And there are other people who look and go, oh my god, why would you sign a player from a relegated team? It's like well because he's good. The team were poor. He's good. Yeah, sure, sure. It's like, well, all right, if you don't rate Tottenham and you don't rate what Tottenham have done over the season, that's fine. It's not, it's you've not... got to look at Harry Kane, who got to the European Championship final as captain of England as well. And, and that's the thing, it's, it's the Ballon d'Or, isn't it? It's an it's a individual award. It isn't a club yes, award, mate. is it? No, you know? it is an individual award. It is awarded to a player and individual on their performances. So to say the top goal scorer, top assister in the Premier League... Is not is rated as higher as some random defender in Italy, just 
Yeah. It's bullshit. Yeah, completely. It is bullshit. That's bullshit and yeah. regardless of how I feel about Kane at the moment, I looked at that in absolute shock yeah. when I saw that the other day. It's I genuinely ridiculous. was expecting him to be in the top five. Genuinely. I thought fifth, maybe even fourth. I thought he'd be there. I mean, it's always a messy Ronaldo show. I think the sponsors demand one of them has it. I, I just... I, uh, whatever yeah, but sure. I was expecting him to be top 5 and when I saw 23 I was like oh no this this is this is horseshit. Uh but anyway so yeah that is all the questions thank you very much for everybody who contributed via Facebook and Instagram uh, we always appreciate it I know Matt had a lot of fun with it this week do you know what Sam Bef- uh, before you before you close off as well would you mind in- yeah. indulging me with the article that I found just something I'd like to read out on the podcast because I think it's quite quite, quite prevalent at the moment if you don't mind it only takes a couple of minutes by all means. So I found I found this article and it's it's about negativity with football fans and it and it kind of goes to prove that it isn't just Spurs. I think probably you look at every um, every page with every club and you're going to find an overwhelming sense of negativity amongst the group. You know, so I thought I'd have a look and I found this article. So. This how it goes, okay? So, uh, since the dawn of time, evolution has helped mankind develop techniques, habits, and systems to maintain the survival of life. Scientific studies highlighted that one of those techniques was put in place to act like an early warning system. In order to make the avoidance of danger more likely, the brain has learned to be more susceptible to negativity than it is to positivity. Substantially more electrical activity shows that we are more affected by a bad experience than we are from a good one. When man first walked the earth, the clever tactic was a necessity for survival. To be more empathic to danger meant you stood a greater chance of avoiding it. However, this Stone Age vulnerability alarm has been carried over into modern life and the brain still implements this to everything we do, from our working life and personal relationships to leisure activities such as watching sports. Modern society now looks for negativity more than we really need to and from from that early pre-programmed bias, we add more weight to that negativity. Research has suggested that a ratio of around five to one in favor of positive experiences leads to a better outlook. So a run of bad results for a football team can certainly impact on how a supporter will judge future events. More negativity, even lots of seemingly little ones, will ensure that future positives, large or small, are minimalized and that a less favorable mindset will remain. An occasional bit of good news, even a substantial one like a win over the best team in the country when your team is not playing well themselves, will not halt a predetermined negative bias. A long run of positivity or a good stretch of wins for your football team will tilt the balance back towards a more favourable outlook for the club's followers. In turn, this restores belief to the fans and they begin to become more positive and importantly more supportive of the players and manager. But at this point, the team do not need that support half as much as they did. The support was needed more when the players were down on their luck and the fans were too busy with negativity bias. And that's okay. my that's my take on it. And you know, you know, you you said about that you saw that tweet about that guy that 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 kind of said what you wanted to say in a way yeah. that you wanted to say. Uh, that's that's me summed up. Okay, man. Oh, thank you very much. That was Matt's TED Talk. <laughs> He'll be back next week. Uh, but yeah, thanks, man. Um, Tottenham have now got games. we got three home games on the bounce. And I, I personally think that we could really kickstart our season with three home wins here. Uh, Brentford, Norwich, and then Rennes in the Conference League. We win these three games. I think confidence, I think uh, busy and positivity. Um, would return to the club in all aspects and would give everyone a massive lift. Six points in the league would help us massively. A win over Rennes would, should mean we at least get through that and we're still in Europe. 
Um, I know a lot of people have mixed views on that. I personally think a club with us, we need to be playing European football. Um, but anyway, uh, that is our podcast this week. A big thank you to everybody for listening. Make sure you buy Manscaped products and shave your balls on a regular basis if you're a guy. Make sure you buy Manscaped products and get your other half or your maybe male family members to shave their balls for Christmas. A <laughs> uh, big thank you to everybody for listening. We'll be back next week. Take care, mate. It's holiday season and that means there are stockings to be stuffed and elves to be cuffed. Well today's sponsor Manscaped.com has gone global with the tools that guarantee you will score under the tree and the mistletoe. Manscaped is the leader in men's below the waist grooming and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. And if my math's correct, that's almost, but almost exactly 8 million balls. Get 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with code SNPOD. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Stay up to date with all things Tottenham. Follow us on social media. All links are in the podcast description.